Today on episode number 609 of the School of Podcasting, I got a word for you. Cupcake. That's right, you heard me. Cupcake. What are you thinking about right now? Mmm. Icing. Cupcake. Exactly. Today, I am back from social media marketing world. I've had some time to kind of think about it. There's a lot of lessons we can learn from that conference. And so today, I'm talking about how you can create podcast icing that will have your audience going, mmm, more please, sir. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I'm so glad to have you. This is where I help you massage your message, tackle the technology, face your fears, flatten the learning curve, and get you going on the right direction to having a successful podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R. You cannot get that anyplace else. That is my gift to you right now for listening to the show. We're going to talk about gifts a little later as I share my insights from Social Media Marketing World. That was an event that I attended a couple weeks ago. Speaking of events, I want to tell you about where I'm going to be in just a few months. And that, of course, is podcast movement in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, I hear. And uh, boy, this is a fun event. I've met so many awesome people at podcast movement. It's really cool. You can have, well, your pick of any of the 2000 podcasters from around the world. They're going to be there. And you might say, Dave, when is it? July 23rd through the 26th, again, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And it's three days of workshops, panels, and parties. Plus, they're going to have over 100 sessions. We're going to talk about some of the sessions I went to at an event. There are 100, 100 sessions on topics. And this is from the technical aspects of setting up your equipment to audio production to marketing, monetizing your show. If you want to learn about podcasting, they have 100 sessions to choose from. You can actually get a virtual ticket as well. So if you're going to be hanging out in the hallway, you can still get that awesome content. The Expo Hall is going to have over 60 podcast service and equipment providers. So if you're in the mood for a new microphone or trying to figure out which host is best, they're all going to be there. I'm going to be there. Stop by and visit me at the Libsyn booth. And right now, you can use the coupon code SOP when you sign up at podcastmovement.com and get $50 off any level of registration. Again, it's July 23rd through the 26th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Use the coupon code SOP when you sign up at podcastmovement.com. And Podcast Movement, thank you so much for sponsoring the School of Podcasting. And it'll be fun because this Thursday, March 15th, They'll be announcing who is speaking there. They have over probably 500 people wanting to speak there. I got my fingers crossed. I've spoken there every year, but uh, nothing is written in stone. But speaking of events, I went to Social Media Marketing World. This is the first time I've ever gone there. I got to go there as a speaker. So I always like to do these because of my podcast stories. And uh, I have one of my own. Uh, because of my podcast, I know Paul Culligan. And because of Paul Culligan, he knows JJ Virgin, who does a kind of a fitness 
lifestyle show. I'll put links to her stuff out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 609. She's also a New York Times bestselling author. And uh, for the record, I'm pretty sure could kick my butt because I got to meet her, which is really, really cool. And uh, said, hey, uh, you know, we should uh, have you on my show. And uh, not only is she coming on my show, she sent me boatloads, boxes and boxes of stuff. I'm drinking her shakes. I'm eating her bars and uh, hope to be losing some weight here soon. And uh, plus, I'm going through, she gave me access to her online course, which I'm looking at as for content on weight loss, but also as, hmm, the, you're ready for the technical term. When somebody goes into your course, it's onboarding. What is the onboarding process like? So I'm evaluating it as kind of a teacher and how that whole experience is. And we're going to talk a little bit about experiences today. But because of my podcast, JJ Virgin's coming on my show and I got a bunch of free stuff. How cool is that? And that happened at Social Media Marketing World because everybody and their brother was there. And so it is a mammoth event. And starting from the very first moment I walked into the event location, I was like, whoa. I mean, I walked in and I go to get my badge. And as I'm walking into the place to get my badge, there's a guy standing there with a sign that says high five. And as I walked towards him, he put his hand up and you guessed it. I got a high five. And this guy was there all week. And I kept thinking how sore his hand must be because there were literally thousands of people. That's a lot of high fives. But it was a really interesting first impression. I'm like, high five? Yep, high five. Okay, cool. High five. All right. And then usually you go into these places and they give you like a swag bag, which is filled with like marketing material that in reality, you're probably going to go back to your hotel room, throw on the bed, look at, pick out the ones you might look at later, which you probably won't, and then ditch the rest. And they asked me what kind of gift I would like. And one was like this really cool cable organizer, which as a podcaster, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And the other one was this battery backup to charge your phone or tablet. And I literally was just going to buy one of those. I ran out of room, ran out of room. I ran out of time uh, and didn't get a chance to go to Best Buy before I left. And I was like, man, somebody read my mind. This is something I can use. And there were other things. There's like a car charger, things like that. So it was a pretty cool gift. And I was like, okay, this is something I'm actually going to use. It's valuable. So my first impression was like, all right, I'm here like, I don't know, 15 seconds. And I got a high five and a thing to back up my phone or charge up my phone, not back up. Really, really cool. So first impression was cool. And now I mentioned earlier that some of this is icing. And you might say that one of the major draws of social media marketing world is icing. For example, the opening night, I mentioned this in last week's show, was on an aircraft carrier. And this is not something I'd ever done. There is no, there's, there's no aircraft carriers in Lake Erie. I'm from Ohio. There's no surf in Cleveland either. Uh, and our rivers have been known to catch on fire. So it's a little different than San Diego. Um, but that event on an aircraft carrier made that event unique. And now you might say, but in the end, Dave, you still just had a bunch of people sitting around talking, drinking, and networking. And you know what? That's true. I get that point of view. But every corner had a sense of adventure. I toured the top of the ship with Ray Ortega from Podcasters Roundtable. And check out his YouTube stuff. He does awesome videos. And Lou Mangello from WDW Radio. 
Both guys I've known probably more than 10 years. That is not something I can do any place. You know, had this been a restaurant, like some sort of back room that we're hanging out in, sure, I still would have been hanging with Ray and Lou. But if I was, you know, doing this at another conference, you know, you could say that was an event. But the fact that at this great event, you throw in the fact that we're talking to veterans about the planes that are on the back of this aircraft carrier, which is ginormous. Now, not only is this an event, it's an experience. There's a difference. One's an event. The other is an experience. It's a stronger memory than hanging out in the hotel bar, which would have been great with Ray and and Lou. But this was like, okay, this was, it was cool. And I will remember that for a very long time. The second networking event was at a club that used to be a bank. So I walk in, there's a live band playing karaoke. It was very loud. And as a musician, I, I cannot take like bad karaoke. It's beyond like nails on a chalkboard. It literally makes me flinch. But uh, we were walking in there kind of like going, hey, whoa, what am I walking into? It was that kind of like, what is this place kind of experience again? And again, I was with Ray Ortega. And so we ventured further into the, into the, the club. We found ourselves on what looked like to be kind of an outdoor patio, except, well, we were inside. So we walk in, live karaoke, there's, you know, neons and lights and lots of people. We turn left and boom, we're on an outdoor patio inside. It was really interesting. And again, this kind of brings out the kind of like, what is this place? Then we walk through a hallway of white Christmas lights that kind of, I don't know how to explain it. It was just kind of like, wait, what's going on? It's, it's March Christmas lights. What? This is cool. And it feels like I'm going down a tube and we get into this other room and they're now booths with people in them and there's neon green. And, uh, we pick up some awesome dessert. There's like cake in a cup, which actually was really good. But eating that with that, like incredibly small spoon was at times I was like, can we get a real spoon? But nonetheless, cake in a cup. We're going to talk about cupcakes today in a second. But we enjoyed the sugar rush that was the cake in a cup because I don't know about you. I don't see a lot of cake in a cup. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. We walked over to this other station and I still have no idea what they were making. It was some sort of dessert that was part like ice cream cone meets cinnamon roll meets strawberries and chocolate meets what the heck is that thing? Like caramel and just anything that was good and sugary was getting dumped into this like I don't know what it was. It was just, uh, wow. Okay. And you could even walk into this giant vault because, again, the building used to be a bank. Now, do we need an exotic building? Do I need that? No. But did it add to the experience? (laughs) Absolutely. Is now Ray and I, we were kind of like, what is this? Like Dungeons and Dragons? Like every room we'd be like, wait, is this a dead end? Oh, wait, no. There's a little door over there. If we go through that, then you'd go through that door and you're like, wait, what, 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 huh? And so it was this whole, again, experience of like, all right, this is not something I'm going to see back in Ohio. Then they had a networking room that was categorized by subject. So you walk into this, and this is where you also get your lunch and breakfast, which was provided. That was something that was kind of cool. And you could look at this map and go, oh, all the podcasters should be sitting at these tables over here. All the YouTubers should be sitting 
over here. And then you could, like for me, I went over to the podcasters and saw who was uh, over there and answered some questions. But then when I wanted to like get some questions about YouTube, I went over there. If I wanted to talk about email marketing, I could go over to these tables. It was really kind of cool. And so it was, it made it easy to find your tribe or to introduce yourself to a new tribe. If we're going to use all those fun filled magic marketing words like tribe, but the one that was again, kind of above and beyond. And that's what we're talking about with icing. I was in the speaker's room and speaker rooms are are usually pretty cool. At Podfest, they had Giordano's pizza. Oh, it was like the best ever. That is deep dish Chicago pizza. Who knew they had them in Florida? And I happened to be there when they brought it in. Oh, it was awesome. But the nice thing about the speaker's room is it was a lovely, quiet place to go. And when you get thousands of people together, it gets a little noisy. So this was a nice place to kind of retreat. They had refreshments in there. They had snacks. And I was sitting there with Paul Culligan from the podcast report. I was sitting there with uh, Hall of Fame podcaster Gary Leland, who does a number of shows. The, he's a crypto cousin guy now, but he does uh, fast pitch softball and all sorts of other stuff. He's awesome. And uh, we're just sitting there talking because 10, 12 years ago, we used to do a show with Rob Walsh from... He's now the VP of Libsyn. We did a show called Today in Podcasting. So we're kind of having like this little mini reunion in this speaker's lounge. And we just mentioned that we should probably go get some lunch. And without asking anybody, one of the volunteers walked over and they had an army, an army. Besides the high five guy, they had an army of volunteers. And they walked over and said, oh, are you guys going to go get lunch? We can go get it for you. What do you want? They took our order, like, here's what they have today. They have roast beef, they have uh, turkey, they have da-da-da. And we're like, oh, okay. They came back, you know, and they, it's not, it wasn't a, uh, it's a big, 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 big. And by that, I mean large event space. And so, I mean, the one day, and I was like four blocks from the event. I think I had 15,000 steps on my Fitbit. And so it's, it's a bit of a journey to go back and get your sandwich. And, uh, you know, you Four minutes later, we're still sitting there having our fun-filled reunion, and in she walks. Here's your sandwich, boys. Like, wow, that was really cool. I didn't even have to ask. So it wasn't, was that necessary? No. We have legs. We could have done that. But uh, as this was day two, like I said, we we kind of had some miles on our sneakers that day, and it was a nice, just, wow, that was cool. So I've been talking about icing, and let's take a look at icing, because Again, the the joke is, what do you call a cupcake with no icing? Well, you call it a muffin. And uh, according to Betty Crocker's website, icing, the icing on a cupcake is 130 calories and 95 grams of sugar. Not exactly the healthiest healthiest thing on the, uh, the menu. And according to Fat Secret, which is this website that has all this nutritional value, a cupcake without calories is 105 calories. So the icing is 130. The cupcake adds another 105. So with this in mind, 55% of the calories of a cupcake come from not the cake, uh, but the icing. And I'm pretty sure as we're sitting here talking about cupcakes, you might have a little bit of drool right there on the corner of your mouth. Yeah, right, right there. That's probably because you're thinking about icing. And this got me to thinking about the phrase icing on the cake. And I did some Googling, went out to the Googles, 
asked Uncle Google. I said, hey, Uncle Google, what do you think about when you hear the phrase icing on the cake? And here's what I found. This is basically some articles came up like, here are ways to capture people's attention. You know, eight things people do to uh, hold on to your attention. So I've assembled these. And this is what holds people's attention. Number one is a physical need. When we are hungry and we see food, we pay attention. If you have small children, hufa. We know this, right? And I don't know about you, but when I was married, my ex-wife knew when I was hungry because I would get cranky just like a baby, (laughs) right? Um, Another one is a self-made choice. We decide to buy, I don't know, a new BMW 325. And then suddenly you see them everywhere. I know when I bought, uh, I drive a Toyota Corolla. The minute I bought one, they're everywhere. It's it's also an effect. It's called priming. Uh, something else that will hold somebody's attention, and this one drives me nuts, uh, your name. And this is why, Troy, uh, I when I talk to Troy, you know Troy, and I say, Troy, are, are you having a good day, Troy? What's the best thing about podcasting, Troy? Have you heard from John Bokenkamp, Troy? Uh, you know, that's that drives me crazy when people go, that's a good question, Dave. Say, Dave, but to that, Dave, Dave, okay, don't. I understand that it's supposed to make me pay attention, but when you use my name five times in the same sentence, I'm like, okay, it's a little obvious what you're trying to do. So that will hold people's attention. But we'll talk about that in a second. Emotion. If someone evokes an emotion in us, they have our attention. And right now there is a show on NBC, it's a TV show called This Is Us. And it should just be called This Is Therapy or This Is Sad or This Will Make You Cry. It is all about emotions. It is so well written. And that is all about emotions. And that's why everybody, I don't know, I've yet to meet somebody that goes, if I go, hey, have you ever watched This Is Us? Here's the response I get. Oh my God, I love that show. It makes me cry, which is a weird saying. I love that. It makes me cry. But why is that emotion? Contrast. We pay more attention to things that are in contrast to other things. In other words, hey, uh, congressional dish. Why do I listen to congressional dish with, with Jen Briney? Because I can't get that content anyplace else. It's in contrast to other things. Why do people, uh, Rob Walsh, VP of Podcast Relations on the feed. Are you listening to the feed? Thefeed.lipson.com. Did a... Uh, he looked at all the Lipson stats and said, some of the most popular shows are longer shows. Now, this does not mean that you take your 13-minute show and stretch it into three hours. But it does kind of brush off the thing that you need to do a show that's 22 minutes long. Now, what do we show there? That, you know what, maybe I want more than the seven-minute interview on Jimmy Fallon where he makes people do stupid stuff. Maybe I want a little in-depth. It's contrast. Then the other one, Novelty. The brain pays more attention to things in the environment that are new to a person's experience. Now, you might say that some of the stuff at Social Media Marketing World is novelty. The aircraft carrier, the bank building. And I could say, I see your point. On the other hand, it made the experience. It was icing on the cake. It made me pay attention because I was like, wow, I don't know what I'm looking at. I'll give you another example. This is novelty, but just talk about things that make you pay attention. I was hiking in Tennessee and 
the path is wide enough for maybe two people. And I see a sign that says something like high traffic bear area. Be aware, you know. And the fun part is on the right-hand side of the path, you have more mountain. And unless you feel like climbing straight up, you got no place to go. And on the left-hand side of the path, you have a cliff. So have fun. Hope you brought a parachute because, you know, off you go. And this path is really, really curly. So as you're going around the curve, you're like any kind of twig, like, like you had, it really, really had my attention. And so that's, that's a physical need, right? I was paying attention because my physical need, because I was pretty sure that if we met a bear, I was going to die. But that's an example of my environment and staying. It was a one of a, a kind thing. It was a physical need. It was a self-made choice. I decided to, uh, to go on this hike. And once the minute I saw the sign about bears, I, I saw them everywhere. Although luckily I did not see any. And uh, I live to tell about it. Another website had some other ones. You can't understand it. This in some ways will make people pay attention. This is my least favorite. I've talked about this in the past. Uh, Mr. Robot was a TV show that I just could not hang with. And mainly Mr. Robot was spoiled by the TV show Lost. That was another TV show that I didn't get, but I kept tuning in thinking that eventually I would understand it. In the end, I still don't quite think I... I'm not sure on that one, but that is something that may draw people in. They're like, wait, what? Huh? Not my favorite. Uh, The other one is in some cases, people want to run away. And what this is, is nostalgia is a great example where something pleasant that happened from the past quickly grabs our attention and it forces us to indulge in thoughts about the beautiful past. That makes people pay attention. There is a great documentary I don't have the name because I'm calling it audible as we speak. I saw it on Netflix. I will put a link to it in the show notes that shows uh, dementia patients that literally like can barely remember their name. And this guy went out and bought iPods. It's an old movie and would play music from their youth. And it was amazing how it brought them back. It was amazing. If you ever get a chance to watch that video, I will definitely find the name of it. I'll probably throw it in the blooper section at the end right now. I don't have it. Here's another reason people pay attention because it's cute. Now you might wonder what does cuteness have to do with attention grabbing, but in is a fact studies have shown that we are wired to get distracted by cute little things. And when I was in San Diego, there were some cute little things. Hoofa. And uh, that caught my attention. So now this could be a, a small cat could be a beautiful baby could be your your show artwork, things like that, but that will grab people's attention. So we're going to kind of now bring this back to podcasting. And you might, you know, we've, we've heard the joke. You know, what do you call a cupcake without icing? It's a muffin. For the record, just, just to clear all, a muffin is not a cake. It's technically a quick bread, which is denser. So cupcakes and bread, not even close to being together. That also from the better the Betty Crocker website. I've learned a lot from Betty Crocker this week. So here are some things that you, as a podcaster, I feel could do to put icing into your show and into your content. So the first thing is keep them informed. Keep your audience informed. One of the things at social media marketing world is I never wondered what was going on. Now there might have been things 
that were not part of social media marketing world where somebody else had another party or things like that. But in terms of official social media marketing world stuff, they had an app for your phone and they had an army of volunteers. And consequently, I knew when the buses were leaving to take you to these different locations. I knew when they were coming back. I knew when the last bus was. I didn't have to ask a question about anything. And if I had one, if I probably turned around, there were probably three volunteers waiting there for me. And so I knew where to go. And how is this like a podcast? I listen to a lot of podcasts and many of them are, and I'm going to use an example from my buddy, Eric K. Johnson. You might find him at podcasttalentcoach.com. It's a great podcast, by the way, podcast talent coach. He uses the example of a bus. And since we were using buses in San Diego, he says, it's like getting on a bus with no name on the front. Think about that. When you see a bus, it usually says like, you know, going to fourth street or something like that. Would you get on a bus where you have no idea where it's going? And then if you actually got on it and it took off, wouldn't you be a little nervous? And so at social media marketing world, I felt taken care of and I never had to ask a question. So the beginning of your show should let people know what your show's about and then tell them what's in the episode. Now that is my opinion but I'm telling you why I'm basing that. Otherwise, I have no idea where you're going. So you listen to my show. I, I massage your message. I tackle the technology, face your fears, all that. And then I talked about the fact that we're going to talk about icing and little things that make big differences today. So you can decide whether or not you want to stick around. Uh, my buddy, Emily Prokop, she does the Story Behind podcast at thestorybehindpodcast.com. She was going to do this little event called Having a Baby. And it was very well planned out. She let her her audience know she had some shows in the can and her audience know that eventually there was going to be a small break. And so consequently, we felt taken care of. We weren't asking, hey, what happened? And that's how you want your audience to feel. You want them to know what, what, what they've tuned into, where they're going and eliminate any questions. It's icing on the cake. Something else you can do. You can get your audience involved. And I know half of you just said, I would love to get my audience involved. I can't get a single piece of feedback. Well, here's how you do that. Number one, make sure, make sure it's super easy to leave feedback. Have one page that says contact, not buy me a coffee or something cute. Have your email there. Have your voicemail there. You have voicemail, right? What? You don't know. Come on. You got to have voicemail. Did you know this? That if you put a phone number at the top of your show notes where it's really easy to see that in some apps, not all, of course not, because you know, the favorite answer in all podcast questions are, well, it depends. But in most podcast app, if you put a phone number where it's like digit, 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 dash, digit, 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 dash, digit, 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 it's clickable. So let's say you go to podcastvoicemail.com, which for the record, full disclosure is an affiliate link of mine. You could go over and get a voicemail. You can also get Google voice if you wanted to. But people could then click and you can send that right to voicemail. So that's one way to get feedback. But again, there's also forms on your website. There's SpeakPipe. There's email. Get your audience involved. And then if they do leave feedback, respond. And if it's possible, play it on the show unless they told you something. And and for me, if you actually call my voicemail number, which is 888-563-3228 or swipe in your app you're listening to, and you'll see the number right there in the show notes, you'll hear my voicemail say, Hey, anything you you leave here on this message, I'm using in the show, unless you tell me not to. 
So I have my voicemail saying, it's going in the show unless you tell me not to. And so for the person that hears their name on the show, it is a mountain. We're talking like tsunami giant avalanche of icing. Now, how do I know this? I was listening to Podcast Junkies with Harry Duran. Harry Duran, by the way, awesome dude. And I don't know what episode it was, but they ended up saying my name three times before the show was over. Now, did you notice something there? I counted. Why did I count? Icing. I giggle every time I hear my 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 name in the show. Do you notice what else happened? Yeah, that's right. I just mentioned it in my show. And if you mention your audience in your show, assuming you can get them to leave feedback, they will probably tell somebody. It's icing. Do you have to do that? No, but it's icing and it means a lot to them. How is your subscription experience? We talked uh, social media marketing. It was an experience. Well, we want people to subscribe to our podcast. Contrary to popular belief, ratings and reviews are great social proof, but they don't really do much for building your show up in the rankings of Apple. And for the record, the rankings of Apple, eh, don't worry too much about that. But nonetheless, we want people to subscribe. Why? Because it's the easiest way to make sure they keep getting your content. So keep that in mind. Now, the muffin in this case is find me an Apple podcast. That's a muffin. The icing is having an easy to find subscribe page. So go to your website.com slash subscribe. And right there, you've got screenshots. You've got step-by-step instructions on how to subscribe. Or if you're like, ah, I always say, if you can do a video and you're like, Oh, I don't really have any video. I don't have a, you know, whatever. If you have any kind of camera, you can go on Facebook live, do a video showing people how to subscribe to your show. And then when the video is done on Facebook, there is an embed option. So you can embed that Facebook video on another page and guide your audience hand by hand, step by step through that process. I think I've told you this story before back in the day. Uh, when I was a teenager, I worked in a grocery store and we were getting our butts handed us uh, because a big, big giant chain moved in. We just could not compete. And so we did all these little things to stay afloat, probably two years longer than we should have. And one of the things was if somebody came up and said, do you know where the mustard is? I would get up from whatever I was doing. I would take them over to the mustard. I would say, which one did you want? And I would get it to them from the shelf and put it in their cart. I didn't want them to think about it. Because some cases, you know, shelves are tall or you want to bend over if it's on the bottom shelf, made it super easy. You want to guide your audience to subscribing. And while I'm on that, make sure you have an Apple option and an Android option. So then another way of giving them icing, give them what they need. My gift from social media marketing world was something I needed. This battery backup thing. It was cool. And it made like a wow first impression. Now that's kind of luck because I literally was just going to buy one. But let's think about that. How did that happen? How did Michael Stelzner know I wanted that? It's very simple. This was year number six of this conference. And I've met Michael Stelzner a few times. I've had a couple conversations with him. And uh, this guy's no dummy. He is a smart cookie. And uh, I think it says that right on his uh on his business card, Michael Stelzner, smart cookie. And he does not rest on his reputation. And he tries to make each year 
better than the last, as pretty much every person that runs an event does. But keep in mind, this means that when you first start your show, when you first start your podcast, it may not be a total home run. But by working with your audience, you can create a podcast you know, that they're going to basically start telling their friends about. But I think that's really how that happened is over the years, he probably just fine-tuned it. But it was cool. There was something I was like, ooh, wow, great first impression, and it's something that I use. So give your audience something that they need. Now, how do you know what they need? You got to talk to them. You got to go hang out in a Facebook group and see what they're talking about. You got to go to meetup.com and hang out with a, a group or, or Google your topic forum and see if there's any old forums where you can see what people are talking about and then give them what they need. The other thing that is icing, do what other people don't. When I, uh, I've won awards for customer service. And one of the things I did, and this is so stupid, you ready for this? I would ask somebody, I would go out and I would train them. I was training people on how to run office equipment. And I would say, uh, so when's a good time to, uh, to follow up? Like a couple months, three months, and he's like, let's see, it's uh, it's March, uh, Dave, why don't you call us in like, uh, I don't know, uh, July? And I'm like, all right, beginning of the month, end of the month, I don't know, like smack dab in the middle, all right. Uh, what's a good time to call? Like morning, afternoon? Um, it, You know, really, anytime around 1030 is good. And so I would call them on July 15th at 1030. And they were blown away as this was the best customer service they'd ever heard. And all I was doing was a little bit of extra work and more important, I was just doing what I said I was going to do. So I went to Jordan Harbinger who has a show creatively named now the Jordan Harbinger show. Now you can do that when you're Jordan Harbinger because that guy has spent again, probably 10 years doing another show and now he's launched a new one. Jordan said he will come on the show. I need to contact him about that because this guy brings gold. And that's why I went to see him, but his interviews are great. And Jordan does something that I think most people don't. Some people call it the work. (laughs) So for example, if Jordan is interviewing an author, he mentioned he may put that episode out. Like he'll, he'll postpone the interview a few weeks so he can read the author's book. And there's people like, wait, what? He, he, what? He read the book. Yeah. He reads the author's book before they come on a show. Now, why does he do this? Well, first And I can tell you true on this, it's going to be obvious to the author that Jordan read the book because some people that didn't, they've got their preset little questions. You you know who's done prep and who has not. And sometimes your show is based on asking kind of the same questions and I get that, but I don't know how to explain this, but just trust me, it's obvious when somebody has read your book because I've, I've been interviewed on people that have no clue see that sounds egomaniac is, but they don't know that I like they don't, they've never heard of the school of podcasting and they're having me on their show. You know, that's always kind of interesting, um, which is fine that I'm, I'm meeting a new friend, but the same way an author, it's going to be obvious that Jordan has read the book. So what does that do? What well, makes Jordan stand out in a sea of podcast hosts who want to do as little as possible in hopes that said author will share their show on Twitter. You know, what's the least amount I can do to get the most exposure? Now, I understand we all don't want to work ourselves to death. But again, Jordan does this thing called um, the work, and it seems to be um, working for him. Now, this also, by reading the book, also leads to better questions, 
which leads to a better interview. Now, put yourself in the author's shoes. Okay, you're you're Joe or Jill author. You wrote a book. You've been on four different shows. And Jordan had this great interview with questions you hadn't been, you know, everybody else is like, well, why did you write the book? And how long did it take? And blah, blah. And Jordan's asking you in-depth questions. He's going to stand out. So now, what podcast do you want to promote? Said author. You're now the author. Which one do you want to promote? The the three that kind of just gave you the typical kind of interview or the one guy who actually read the book? Exactly. Who has a better chance of building a relationship with the author? The guy that read the book or the three people that skimmed the back cover? You know, when the author has a new book out in a few years, and if it's a regular author, they're probably going to write another book. Which podcast are they going to ask to appear on? Why? Why? Because Jordan did this thing called icing by reading the book, by doing some research on his guests so he could do an interview. Again, so one thing you can do that sometimes is icing is doing the things that other people don't. Then another session I went to, another old friend of mine, Jason Van Orden, and I'm going to call this one, go one more level deeper. I sat in in Jason's session on how to grow your email list. And what's funny about this, I didn't even look at the title. I just know Jason always brings his A game. And I always learn something when I hang out with Jason. He's a good guy and he's got tons of experience. And I was just like, I'm just going to go listen to Jason. So I go in his room and it's like, how to grow your email list. It was awesome, by the way. And he used a word that really hit home for me. You ready? The word is resonates. You want your content to resonate with your audience. Now, me being a musician, when I hear resonate, I flash back to the scene from Spinal Tap where Nigel, Nige, is holding up the guitar saying how his amps go to 11 and go, look look at this one. And just, and the notes just hang on. A, A note on a guitar will resonate and it just, it has tons of sustain. And how do I know that this word resonated with me, the word resonate? Oh, I'm telling you about it. That's how I know it resonated because I was like, Ooh, resonate. That's a good, because again, it, it brought up all sorts of things to me. I'm thinking of a guitar that has a lot of sustain. I'm having, I'm, I'm picturing uh, mental pictures here of throwing a rock into a, a calm lake that has all sorts of ripple effects. That's resonating. And I just thought, I'm like, yeah, you know what? We need content that resonates. And so he said, when it comes to your content, you need to know the following. Number one, why does it matter to you? What you're talking about? Why does it matter? So let me answer these. Why does it matter to me? I don't know why. I don't know what gene pool I have or whatever, what chromosome I have. I love to help people. It's my background. I'm a teacher. And when I can have somebody who has no clue what they're doing. And I tell them a couple things. I show them a couple things. The light bulb comes on and they look at me and they go, oh man, I get it. That scratches my itch like nobody's business. It's insane. Then why does it matter to your audience? That's the one I went, ooh, that's not just know what your audience wants. Why does it matter to your audience? That's taking it one more level deeper. And I thought about that. 
And I'm like, why does it matter to my audience? Why does it matter to you? And I thought, you know what? It may be that the kids have moved out. You're an empty nester and you've got all this life experience under your belt. You have a passion for something. You want to help people too. You've got something to say and you want to help. That's why it matters to you. It may be that nobody takes you seriously because you're in your 20s and doggone it, you do have experience that does count. You have a passion and you have something to say and you want to start a podcast. It may be simply that you don't want to be insignificant and you want to be heard. I was watching, and I'm going to butcher her name, Laria Petrucci formerly known as Callie Lewis. She did a TEDx talk. And ladies, you have to watch that because it gave me a whole, I mean, I understand that guys are creepy. I mean, every week on the news, you turn on like, hey, who's the perv of the week? Oh, it's this guy and blah, 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 and attempted rape or whatever and groping and saying this and pictures on the, it's just, it's who's the perv of the week. And she shared her story of a woman in tech, of the things that guys say to her. And I was like, dang, guys are creepy. And so if you are a female, number one, we need more female podcasters. We need, maybe you're a person of color and you're tired of unwoke white people not getting it. Well, you got a white guy right here going, I would love to hear your message. Maybe you're a person who grew up and you're tired of hearing people call it the hood because doggone it, that was my home. And you want to let people know that people in quote, the hood have feelings too. Whatever it is, that could be you. And that's why it matters to you. Now I could go here and list all sorts of people, but you get the point. Why does it matter to your aunts? I think we need to know that. Why does it matter? And then why does it matter to the world? So why does it matter to you? Why does it matter to your audience? And why does it matter to the world? Well, to me, to answer again my own question, I you've heard my little promo. All my shows can be found at powerofpodcasting.com. That's my quote network. And it says changing the world one download at a time. And I truly believe that, that podcasting can change the world. Not overnight. It's going to take years, but I believe we can open up people's eyes. I believe we can open up people's hearts. I believe we can educate people's brains one download at a time. And that's why we need you to start a podcast in the right direction. So when you know why it matters to your audience, to me, it really shows that you know your audience. So that to me, again, keep them informed, get your audience involved. Make sure it's a great experience in subscribing to your show. Give them what they need. Do what other people don't. And if you can, go one more level deeper into really understanding your audience. I consider that icing on the cake. So those are my opinions on what icing on the cake is in podcasting. Remember how I said to leave your your audience with a question? So if you are on an app right now, swipe right, left, whatever, you can click on the button and 
use my voicemail. You can go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. And however you want to contact me there, uh, that would be fine. I would love to know what you think is icing on the cake. What are the little things that you see people do that you're like, oh, that was cool. That brings you back to that podcast. Would love to uh, to hear that. And I would love to work with you. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, use the coupon code listener again. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R. Not going to find that anyplace else. You can save on a monthly or a yearly subscription. And those, by the way, have money back guarantees. So if you start and you're like, eh, this isn't for me, I'll give you your money back. If you want to work with me one-on-one, we could do that. If you want to set up a, a mentoring program where you get, let's say, six months access to the school of podcasting and six months with me, we can do that too. And I realize that's a whole lot of options. And I'm kind of trying to figure out how to make that easier, which goes back to, again, always trying to create a better experience for your audience. So thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. All right. I told you I would find it alive inside us. You could probably find this on YouTube. The film is called alive inside and it shows how people that have Alzheimer's, if you play the music from when they were a young person, it just, it's an amazing, it's an amazing documentary as a musician. I was just like, Holy cow. The other thing, I just thought of another one icing on the cake show notes when you type detailed show notes do i need to nope you can put out a muffin but when you make your show notes something that is useful for your audience like links to alive inside they uh that's an added bonus that might make them listen to your show versus somebody else's show because well they just type a sentence that says this week we talk about stuff keeping it real yo see ya and instead you have detailed bullet points and links to things in the show that might be considered icing. (laughs) Lastly, I forgot to mention, I'll be at Podfecta in Nashville on April 20th. And I'll also be then the next day at the craft con in Nashville, the following day. I'll have links to those out of the show notes at school of podcasting.com slash six zero nine. Thank you so much for listening to the very end. (laughs) 